Thank you for downloading from Ravi Zacharias International Ministries. Support for this podcast comes from your generous gifts and donations. You can find out more about Ravi Zacharias and the team at www.rzim.org. Hi, my name is Michael Ramsden, President of RZIM. We are living in difficult and challenging times, and we've all felt the impact of COVID-19 in one way or another, whether that be through the economic challenges and hardship it's brought, through the physical separation from loved ones, to those who are now wrestling with illness. Our prayers are with you, and we'd like to thank you also for praying for us. In the last few weeks, I've been reflecting on a few famous words in Romans 8, where it says, What shall separate us from the love of God? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? What is amazing to me is the first few words in that sentence, the first two as a matter of fact, refer to the idea of living with constraint or of being hemmed in to be in a narrow place. Two words which seem to sum up so much of the global challenge we see right now. And wherever you are, whether you're with family or whether you're going and facing this challenge alone, please know our prayers and thoughts are with you. We'd also like to thank all of you who have been praying for us, because during this time we have seen a fresh openness to the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've recently launched a series called Take Five, five short minute thoughts of five minutes each, once a day during the week, to try to bring light into a situation of darkness. Some of the RZM live events which we have done have had audiences in the hundreds of thousands, both in Europe and across North America, as well as across the world, as many tune in wondering where they can find solace, comfort, but also the promise of a new life. And we would like to thank for all of you who've been standing with us in prayer and in financial support to help us take that message to where it needs to go. We know that so many of us are hurting right now as we deal with the economic challenges. But for those of you who are able, regardless of how big or small your gift may be, please know that we are very grateful and feel very blessed to have been given the privilege and trust by you to take a message to those who most need to hear it. Thank you for standing with us. I think being authentic to the point of wanting someone to ask you the question is the key. That's what they're looking for, and they are questioning everything. Everything's up for grabs. But if you live a life that's hope-filled, you might change someone from a cynic into a skeptic and then into a believer. Welcome back to Just Thinking. Here in the West, we are living in a world surrounded by technology. With 24-7 news and social media, the younger generations are growing up in a very different environment than those before them. So what's the best way to share the gospel with the next generation in this post-truth era so that they can have an encounter with God? Let's find out as we return to a Q&A from the Understanding and Answering Post-Truth Culture Conference with RZIM speakers Abdu Murray and Stuart McAllister and joined by Pastor Chris Brooks. Uh, my name is Michael and uh, this question pertains to us here in the state of Michigan. We're uh, 10 million people and 22% of our population are minors under the age of 18. Mm-hmm. And 80% of the minors in the state of Michigan have to grow up under the supervision of Michigan's 57 circuit courts because mother and father have rejected each other. That reality applies to the whole community. Uh, 58% of the people in the state of Michigan do not identify with any particular faith tradition. 
42% follow the traditions, whether it's Islam or Judaism or whatever. But the fact applies whether they're in a faith community or not. Their children are being supervised by the court system because of this. How do we bring the shepherds together to take care of the children so that they can have an encounter with God and have a few? It's always a challenging question when you see a house, something as big as that. You're talking statewide, you're talking uh, a massive question. I mean, the call to the church, the, where the church has been the best uh, over the ages is when the, we take the word becomes flesh and dwells amongst us. So we find ways to create that. But we don't start with massive, great, that we can solve every problem. It's got to be local churches individually taking on communities bit by bit in a piecemeal way and maybe in cooperation. And I understand in the city here, you've had movements like that recapturing yeah. the city where you've gone into the city and have been doing these initiatives for now, what, for 10 years? Yeah. 10 years or more. Mm. So I think the church is probably there, but it, it, or at least beginning to some, some degree. So it's probably a question of leadership and vision. You know, and many times that we're waiting for someone else to take the lead, I would say, if God is calling you and you get friends, take the start. You are the church. And talk to us. Get something going. Get out there. Get involved with people's lives. Start show making a difference. And then when you have a model, you can say to people here, look, we're working. We've seen these five, ten kids, whatever it is. But it's much better to get from a model than from a moral exhortation. So let's, let's take that as a personal agenda, run with the ball, and then talk to pastors, but go out, show them first, show and tell. Yeah. That's gonna be one of the great ways that you can move people to action, display yeah. it. Yep. And yep. practical things, you guys do some, some great work, not only Woodside, but other, other churches that talk about foster care and adoptions and getting involved. Yeah, let me just say this. I'm here primarily to moderate, but I, I just will say this. Scripture is very clear that in the last days, man, will heap up teachers unto themselves that will uh, teach what their itching ears want to hear. Ooh. Our teachers, our leaders, our shepherds are a reflection of ourselves. Yeah. So the most important thing is for us to love God's word. And when we do, that's the type of leaders that we will produce. Ooh. I think there's two responses to this. I think one has to do with discipleship, that we need to make sure we're discipling. And discipleship does not just mean raising up future leaders for the local church. It's a multi-sector reality. Yeah. And so we need to see among our young men and women who have calls of government on their lives because government will play a role. We'll never eradicate government. God established government as, a, as an institution, not to be an idol to be worshiped apart from God, but to fall up under the sovereignty of God. So the family working together with the local church, with the local government. So we need to make sure we have a vision for that. But ultimately, we have to understand that the primary place for discipleship and evangelism has always been and will always be the home. It's the living room. And so we have to train moms and dads on how to uh, share the gospel with their children. And as we do that, disciple in a multi-sector way and train mom and dads on how to pass their faith down to the next generation, we'll see revival among our children. Thanks for your question. Okay, I'm Zuliana. Um, so it's kind of funny that we were just talking about that because that's what I came up here for. So I feel like I have a strong calling to evangelize to this next generation. And um, I think that this next generation of students and young people are open and they're questioning everything. So I think their hearts might be hardened per se, but they're actually like soft on the inside and they're like wanting to find an answer. So how can I and this next group of people that are coming up 
without like shoving it down your throat yeah. per se. Like, how can I do that? Yeah, that's great. So, you know, one of the buzzwords um, that uh, happens around certain generations, and, I, and sometimes I think people who are younger kind of roll their eyes when they hear it, but it's still a valid word, is authenticity. Yeah. So millennials sought authenticity and rejected hypocrisy. At least they like to think they did. Um, uh, boomers lived in it and thought they didn't. You know what I mean? So we're all swimming in the same soup. Uh, there's an Arabic phrase. Arabic phrases are always more colorful than English phrases. So you know we had this phrase, we're all in the same boat. The Arabic phrase is hawasawa, which is we're all in the same wind, which means we all smell the same stink. Um, uh, <laughs> so that's the first thing. Is authenticity is the recognition that you, you smell like everybody else. Um, until you put on the aroma of Christ. Um, and that begins to live authentically in, in someone's life. So they, they first look for authentic lives to be lived, and then they'll actually want to know what it is about you that makes you different. So you look at, and this goes back to the whole, uh, the Bible's outdated thing. I have a talk tomorrow about the Bible, about its, its, its beauty, its truth, and its veracity. And one of the things is it's never outdated. Books go out of date. For some reason, this one never does, which suggests to me, maybe we didn't write it. Um, uh, so one of the passages is 1 Peter 3.15. Now what's interesting about 1 Peter 3.15, if you're an apologist, you already know the verse. The word apologia is already in it. So there's two ways you look at it. 1 Peter 3.15, in the context of persecution, by the way, Peter writes, but in your heart set apart Christ as Lord, always being ready to provide a reason or a defense, the word is apologia, for the hope you have within you to anyone who asks, but do this with gentleness, with respect. The part we are good at is saying defense. I want to provide the defense. But Peter says, provide a reason for the hope you have. To who? To anyone who asks. So the authentic life millennials have been seeking was, was encouraged by the apostle Peter 2,000 years ago where he says, live a life so hope-filled that the cynical generation says, what the heck is with you? Right. And then they'll ask you, and then you provide the reason for the hope you have within you. So I think it's training the mind, but also living the life that is hope-filled such that someone can't wait to say, Zuliana, I don't understand why you have this hope in a time where there's no good reason to. And you say, I have 15 good reasons too, let me tell you what they are. Because mm -hmm. um, they asked you. So I think being authentic to the point of wanting someone to ask you the question is the key. That's what they're looking for and they are questioning everything. Everything's up for grabs. But if you live a life that's hope-filled, you might change someone from a cynic into a skeptic and then into a believer. See, a skeptic is someone who doesn't believe until there's enough evidence. A cynic is someone who won't believe even when there is. And if you can take a cynical heart, make it a skeptical heart, make a skeptical heart into an open heart, and then the Lord makes that open heart even blossom more into a believing heart. You can listen to this episode of Just Thinking Again by visiting our website at rzim.org and clicking on the Listen tab. If you're listening in Canada, that web address is rzim.ca. While you're there, be sure to check out other content like Abdu Murray's podcast, The Defense Rests. You can also purchase this entire Q&A series by calling us at 1-800-448-6766 and asking for the Understanding and Answering Post-Truth Culture Q&A. If you have other comments, 
questions, or prayer requests you'd like to share, you can email us at rzim at rzim.org or write to us at rzim, Post Office Box 1820, Roswell, Georgia, 30077. Ivy Tyson, Senior Facilitator for the RZIM Academy. RZIM Academy is RZIM's online learning platform. And the brilliant thing about it is that the Academy allows people to learn from our amazing team of global speakers in the parameters of their own lives and jobs and families and responsibilities. The focus of the Academy is very practical. It comes down to having one conversation at a time, learning to ask good questions, learning to really listen to the people around us as we have conversations in our own life. It brings together people from all around the world. Students have the opportunity to learn from fellow Christians from different countries and different backgrounds and different cultures as they all come together around the content in a learning community that really encourages good conversation. For more information and to register for the next course, go to rzimacademy.org. Just Thinking is a listener-supported radio ministry furnished by RZIM in Atlanta, Georgia. And we're able to create this digital content thanks to your generous donations. Please consider donating to our ministry, and you can do so on our website by clicking on the Give tab. Thank you for your support, both financially and through prayer.